Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. When I get up in the morning, first thing I do is make a cup of tea, and it's important, and I do it the exact right way. You've got to use loose leaf tea. If you're a tea bag person, you've got second best, let me tell you. So I get up in the morning, I put on my uh, kettle, I have my teapot ready, I have exactly two scoops levelled off exactly, put it in, I wait for the, for the tea, then I pour the water in, then I wait exactly three and a half minutes. While I'm waiting three and a half minutes, I go get the milk. So I opened up the fridge, looked at the milk, and it was four days over. The dilemma. Because these days, four-day-old milk sometimes all right. So you have to do the sniff test. So I pulled the milk out, did the sniff test, but I've got a terrible sense of smell. I've lost most of my sense, and I couldn't tell. Carly wasn't there. So I've got the dogs. So I just put the milk down to their level, and they didn't look keen. But I've got my cup of tea waiting, and this is important to me, and I can't drink it black. So I've got to have the exact right amount of milk as well, by the way. So at huge risk to myself, I poured it in my cup, and this is what happened. You have to do it, Lockie. Uh, Is there anything worse than curdle milk? So what do you do now? Wow, that ruined my cup of tea for the day. Nothing worse. I actually put it in the dog's bowl and they wouldn't drink it. That's how bad it was. It's gone. Do you know in 1 Peter here, Peter uses the analogy of milk when writing to the churches in Asia Minor. You can read it in 1 Peter 2 and we can look at it in a minute. Remember, we started looking at this fascinating letter last week where Peter, who's a wise old man now, he's in his 60s, he's seen it all, and he's heard about the Christian churches in Asia Minor who were going through some really tough stuff, and he decided to pen a letter of encouragement to them. They were living in a society that looked down on them, that said, uh, you know, you're not one of us, they're in the minority, they scoffed at them. They said to them, why don't you just be inclusive and live like us? We're diverse and inclusive, why don't you live like us? Does that sound familiar to you? If you, even if you don't follow football, you might have heard what happened this week about manly players wearing a rainbow jersey and seven Christians said they didn't want to and the furor. And it's been in the, the paper every day this week and it made headlines in England and all this stuff and it's like, are you kidding me? And whatever your views are on, on the gay pride stuff and all that stuff, For seven young men to say, we don't feel comfortable wearing it and then be vilified for it, I don't think that's right. And so all this stuff happened. And and so Peter was writing to to a society much like that. And they were only a few years away from state-sponsored persecution of Christians. Peter was only a couple of years away from his death, his execution for being a Christian. So Peter wrote this letter as a wise old man to Christians under pressure. 
And he was one of Jesus' best friends when Jesus was on the earth. He was one of the three best friends. He'd uh, been with Jesus through it all. He, he became a leader in the early church in Jerusalem. So if anyone knew how to be a proper follower of Jesus Christ, it was Peter. He knew his stuff. And so he's writing to these churches with wisdom and experience as a wise old man, telling them how to live as a Christian in an increasingly hostile society. And he used this milk analogy, and uh, this is what he writes in 1 Peter 2, too. I think Lockie's going to put it up on the screen. He says this, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that, that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted the Lord is good. Crave pure, perfect uh, spiritual milk that's not four days old. Uncurdled milk. Crave that type of milk. Really, this could be seen as the, this is the key verse in the whole letter. For Peter to know who we are, how we're saved, what salvation means, what it means to be a Christ follower in a world where we're in the minority, this is really the key verse. But we have to work out what pure spiritual milk is. What does he mean by that? Like a baby, crave it. Crave that milk. Taste and see. You've already seen what God is like. The New Century Version puts it like this. As newborn babies want milk, you should want the pure and simple teaching. By it, you can mature in your salvation. The message version says this. You've, you've had a taste of God. Now, like infants at the breast, drink deep of God's kindness. Then you'll grow up to be mature and whole in God. Pure spiritual milk, pure and simple teaching, God's pure kindness. And really, all those really fit with what Peter was trying to say here. Don't forget the pure and simple gospel which saved you. And is saving you. Crave the simple gospel. In chapter 1, the previous chapter to this, he actually explains what it is. What the simple gospel is. Peter says, the simple gospel is, we are new people. We are different to what we used to be. Go to the next slide, Lockie. This is what Peter writes. He says, praise be to the God of our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ... In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are new people. When we become Christians, it's not just an intellectual exercise. Okay, that sounds good. I might follow Jesus' way of living because that sounds really cool. Love your enemies, all that sort of stuff. It's not just a change of, of thinking. We are actually transformed as people when we accept the gospel. We're completely transformed. We become new people. It's like we were born again. We become something completely different. And the gospel says your past is gone. Your past, who you used to be, the attitudes you had, the guilt that you carried is gone. It's all gone. It doesn't matter anymore because you are a new person. What you did before knowing Jesus, it doesn't affect you now because you are transformed and the guilt and the pain is gone. Peter had seen this firsthand. He was there when Jesus went to a tax collector called Matthew. And Jesus said to Matthew, Come and follow me. Now, Matthew, a tax collector, they were traitors to the Jewish people. They were considered cut off from God. They had no future with God's people. Yet Jesus went to a tax collector and said, 
be transformed, follow me. And Matthew immediately left everything that he had and followed Jesus. He became a completely new person. New attitude, new life, new friends, new hope. Matthew completely transformed. And Peter saw the transformation. Peter saw Matthew change from something despised to one of Jesus' best friends who wrote part of the Bible. Peter saw transformation firsthand. And so he writes to these, new, he writes to these Christians, and not necessarily new Christians, these Christians who are being persecuted, and he says, don't forget you're a new person. You're completely transformed. Your past is gone. Don't forget this, that you've had a fresh start. You've, it's been wiped clean. Taste and see that God is good. See what he's done in your life. And so Peter says, your past is gone and also your future is good. He says, you were born into a living hope. You were born into a life to come that will be good. You are born for something better. The birth event's an amazing event. If you've been at the birth of one of your children or grandchildren or whatever, it's an absolutely amazing. I was there at the birth of all my kids. I didn't see it, but I was there in the room. So I knew something big was happening. And it's an amazing event. And the moment is wonderful and it's fantastic, but they weren't born to stay in the hospital room. They were born to go and have a life. When Anna was born in the Chinchilla Hospital, uh, the midwife said to me the next day, before we release this baby into your care, the father has to bath the baby, otherwise we will keep her in hospital. And I said, I'm not bathing. Do you see how it moves? Uh, if it stayed still, if she stayed still, sorry, Anna. If, if she stayed still, I might have given it a crack, but I'm not. And they said, well, we're not going to release the baby. I said, I'll see you next year then. On her first birthday, I'll, I'll come and visit her. So they released her because <laughs> I wasn't going to bath that baby at a day old. But the fact is, everyone is born to have a life, not just to stay in that hospital room. And it's the beginning of something new. And, and we bring the kids home and we watch them grow and we have a dream of them living their best life. And for Peter here, the goal isn't salvation. Salvation is wonderful and, and it's incredible, but the goal is to have a completely new life and live it, to live your best life. Salvation is only the start of the journey. And Peter says here, you are born into a new and living hope. You are born to have a great life and it's a, it's a life that Christ has set out for you and we're born with optimism in our heart, and Peter heard Jesus say, I've come to give you life and life to the full. We are born for something better. I wonder if right here, when Peter's talking about we're born into something better, I wonder if he sat back in his chair and just said to the scribe that was scribing, I wonder if he said, just hang on a minute, I just want to think about my life. And I wonder if he thought about when he first encountered Jesus, and he was a fisherman on the, on the beach and he'd had a hard night and then he met Jesus and, and Jesus said, leave all that stuff and come and follow me. And Peter did. Peter went and followed him and, and Jesus said, I'll make you fishers. And so he went and followed him and right then his life was completely transformed. The past was gone. He would never be the same. But that event by the lake was the start of something incredible in his life. He lived a life of adventure. He walked on water, for goodness sake. He heard Jesus say, I've come to give you life and life to the full. He preached a sermon where 3,000 people were saved. What a great life. He could have been fishing, but instead he was living the best life. 
He spoke a word to a lame man in Acts, we read, and the lame man got up and walked. Great life. Listen to what Acts 5 says about Peter. Now, this is Peter the fisherman who then had a transforming encounter with Jesus. It says, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to the group of believers. And people placed their sick on beds and mats in the streets, hoping that when Peter walked past, his shadow might fall on them. And crowds came from all the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick to those who were bothered and those, sick, and, and those who were sick and bothered by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. This is now Peter's life. He's been transformed from being a fisherman to having this amazing life because he's been born into something new and he had experience with Christ that transformed him and his future from that moment on was incredible. And he's writing to these Christians and saying, don't forget, when you started believing in Jesus Christ, your life was transformed. Your past was gone and you were born for something better. Your life counts. This is the pure message of the gospel. You were born for something better. Let me tell you, if you're living a mundane life, that's unsatisfying, where there's no excitement about what God can do in you and through you for your future, and it's just the usual grind, you're not craving this pure spiritual milk. You're not living the life that God has for you. Sure, he saves us and the past is gone, but we become something completely new with a new and living hope. We were born into a living hope. And if you don't feel like you're living, number one, and you feel like you've got no hope, then it's not the spiritual milk of the gospel. And you need to crave it again to get back to that place where you say, I am saved for a purpose. God, help me live that purpose. This is the gospel of Jesus. And if you're not craving that milk, you're drinking curdle milk, which ain't no good. I crave the spiritual milk that says I have a hope in Jesus Christ and I don't have to live a mundane life. Remember, he's writing here to Christians who are being persecuted for their faith. Are they living their best life? What's gone wrong here? Our best life doesn't mean that nothing will go wrong. That's unrealistic. Our best life means that no matter what happens, no matter what the world throws at us, we will not be destroyed. We will not be pulled down or dismayed. The world can knock us down, but we won't stay down. We'll get straight back up again and we'll live our best life for Jesus. I don't always choose to get knocked down, but sometimes I choose to stay down. I refuse that because that's not spiritual milk of the gospel. I choose to get back up and keep following Jesus. Want the ultimate experience of living your best life for him? Crave the spiritual milk. This is what I was born for. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Living hope. We need to be alive and have hope in our hearts. This is the gospel because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We enter into this new and living hope because of what Jesus did. Jesus died. He was buried, but then he came alive. For us, we were dead in our sins, but then we became alive in Jesus Christ. And we need to live our best life 
He died a horrible death, but he rose again. And you might suffer for your faith. And you might get knocked down, but you will always rise again. You will always rise when you crave the spiritual milk of the gospel because we were born into a new and living hope. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves, because far too often I drink curdled milk that says, this is my life. What can I do? I'm just like, that's not spiritual milk. That's curdled milk. You're drinking that tea. You're not born to drink that tea. Don't let your milk curdle. Make sure it's pure spiritual milk. Don't ever believe the lie of the devil that you're not good enough. That's curdled milk. Don't ever believe my future is uncertain and I don't feel hopeful. That's curdled milk. That's not what we were born for. The milk you crave should say, my past is gone. I can live my best life full of hope. That's the, that's the, that's the gospel pure and simple. But Peter doesn't just leave it there. Listen to what he goes on to say. Put up the next one, Lockie. Peter goes on to say this. He says, we are born, we now have a living hope into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. You who are through faith, you're shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. This is the spiritual milk of the gospel. We're saved, our past is gone, we now live our best life for him, and we have a future inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. I did a really stupid thing this week. I put curdled milk in my tea. The other stupid thing is, I've got an app on my phone that says Australian superannuation. So I thought, I'll have a look at my super. I haven't looked at it for a while. I looked at my super. What I found is that the last few years have been great. I found that in the, in the last six months, my super has gone down. My super has gone down? How can my super go down? My super, my projected super, has gone down. Wow, my inheritance is getting smaller. According to Australian superannuation, what do I do now? It's shrunk. I'm glad my spiritual superannuation will never shrink. It will never get less. It will never tarnish or fade. My spiritual superannuation, whenever I press that app, it's always increasing in Christ Jesus. I have an inheritance in him. One day I will see him again. There's an amazing place where I'll be in his presence forever. And there's no pain or no tears. There's no trouble. It's literally, I will literally one day be in paradise. That is my inheritance in Christ. And it goes on forever and ever with no end. And that's my inheritance. That's what I'm assured of. And it will never be taken away from me and it won't shrink. It is the best blue chip stock that you can invest in because it will never decrease. It is an amazing thing. I did a funeral just in the last week. I have a cousin buried in Chinchilla Cemetery. He used to attend this church in the 1980s, 70s and 80s. I was 10 when he passed away. He was only 21. He died of bone cancer. And he used to love God with all his heart. And he used to be, I think he was a drummer in this church. A drummer, a drummer in this church. And quite often, I will go, well, every time I do a funeral, I'll tell you the truth, I go to his gravestone. I remember as a 10-year-old when my big cousin Johnny died. And I go to his gravestone and I look at it. But I don't look thinking what a waste. The thing that gets me is two words on his gravestone, with Jesus. With Jesus. Hey, he died at 21, but he went to a place that's amazing and glorious. 
His inheritance was huge. And I don't understand why his life was so short here. But what I do know is he had an inheritance that's amazing. And I look at those words with Jesus and it gives me hope. No matter what I go through, it doesn't matter. Because one day, look at what I'll get. That is the pure gospel that Peter says to Crave. Never forget, you're a new person. You have life and hope and the promise of good things. You have a future inheritance that will never fade. But you've got to make sure you're drinking the right milk. Go to the next one, Lockie. This is what good milk looks like. Oh, there's no curdle in there. That's a great coffee right there. That's proper milk. Peter says this. He says, crave, desire every day. Come back to it again and again. Drink of that spiritual milk that is ours. Because you've tasted and seen that God is good. So why on earth would you drink curdled milk and believe lies about you? Drink the good milk. He says this, in all of this, in all of this spiritual milk that we talk about, you rejoice greatly. Though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Right now, I might be suffering grief, but my perspective has changed. What's a little suffering compared to knowing him and to living my best life and knowing his transforming power and knowing life to the full and knowing that one day on my gravestone will be written with Jesus. That's the pure spiritual milk. And the trials that we have, Peter writes this, these have come just to prove the genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, that it may result in praise and glory and honour to Jesus Christ. Everything is good. So when we drink the spiritual milk, we can go through anything because we're with Christ Jesus. And our behaviour change. Peter in the rest of, the, of, uh, of chapter 1 talks about our change in behaviour when we drink the spiritual milk continually. He talks about how we become different people in the way that we act. And we're going to go look at this uh, more deeply next week. But our life changes and our life is good. This is what Peter says in chapter 1. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him right now, you believe in him and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here's a good question. Am I filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy? Because if I'm not, I'm drinking curdled milk. Peter says, continually crave the good milk. And even if you've been saved 80 years... Come back to the pure gospel and drink it every day. Remember what Christ has done for you. Drink the pure milk like newborn babies crave that pure spiritual milk so by it you may grow up in your salvation. What should I do when I'm going through a really tough time? Go back to the pure milk. God, you've saved me, you've transformed me, you've got a great future for me, I believe it in Jesus Christ. What do I do when I'm facing grief? 
God, I'm going through this right now, but you save me, you transform me, I can live my best life and I have something better through Jesus Christ. What do I do when the future seems black and everything's hopeless? I go back to that spiritual milk. God, you've saved me, you transform me, I have a living hope and one day I will see you again. And I keep repeating again. I keep drinking that spiritual milk again and again. I crave it because it's simple yet powerful. And I will never get so wise and so good that the simple truth doesn't transform me. And here was Peter as a 60-year-old who'd been through it all. He'd been an amazing church leader. He'd, He'd done so much for Jesus Christ. He'd known him personally, face to face. He'd touched him. And here is Peter saying, I crave the pure spiritual milk and I drink from it every day and I remind myself of it. I crave the spiritual milk Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, don't forget it. God is good. He saved me, changed me, transformed me into a living hope. And I have a future inheritance that will never, ever change. And because of that, I'm filled with inexpressible joy and peace. That is my spiritual milk that I drink. God, may I never take curdled milk from the fridge. May I always drink the pure, perfect spiritual milk. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. This is what Peter would say to you today. This is the question that he'd ask. What milk have you been drinking? Because it's so easy just to drink the curdled stuff all the time and be filled with doubt, to be filled with uncertainty, to be filled with guilt, to be filled with, I just don't know, I just don't know. But the pure, pure spiritual milk says, I am saved, transformed into a living hope. And I have an inheritance that will never fade. And I am filled with an inexpressible joy because of who he is. So what milk are you drinking? Maybe it's time to tip out the curdled milk on the ground, not in the dog's bowl, because they won't even drink it. Tip it out on the ground. Get your fresh milk every day and drink it. And so this is your homework for this week. This verse in 1 Peter 2, and it's on on our website, on the Bible app. Just read that verse every day this week. Crave this pure spiritual milk. And just pray to God. God, I crave that today. Lord, help me understand what that means in my life. May it transform the way I live my life. And I think about you in Jesus' name. Why don't we pray? Lord, I want to thank you for this letter that this wise old man wrote, that he wrote to Christians like me living in a society that is not very tolerant of my belief. But I know that I can be someone who is full of life and full of hope and live my best life no matter what happens. 
because that's what I was born to do. And may I drink that milk every day. May the truth, the simple truth of the gospel never grow old or may I never become so acquainted with it that it actually goes off because I'm not drinking it every day. May I never drink curdled milk that takes me down a path of hopelessness and depression. May I never drink curdled milk. God, help me drink from your milk, your pure, spiritual, beautiful milk. May I taste you every day and see that you are good. And may it transform the way I live my life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.